0: Welcome to The Daily Bolster. Each day, we welcome transformational executives to share their real-world experiences and practical advice about scaling yourself, your team, and your business. Welcome to The Daily Bolster. I'm Matt Blumberg, co-founder and CEO of Bolster. And I'm here today with my friend Chad Dickerson. Chad uh, was a relatively early employee at Etsy who became CEO of Etsy, scaled the business, and took it public. Uh, He is now an executive coach working with CEOs and other senior executives, uh, mostly in New York and in the tech area, but I think uh, broader than that as well. Um, Chad, welcome to Daily Bolster.
1: Glad to be here, Matt. Uh,
0: I was very excited to ask you a specific question today because you were at a company that scaled a lot while you were there. Um, I'm thinking from like 50 or 100 employees to close to 1,000 over your tenure, right?
1: Yeah, 40 to 1,000.
0: Forty to Mm -hmm. a thousand. Okay. That's, that's considerable. So the question I have, right? And our audience is mostly uh, CEOs, some senior executives is how did you stay close to employees with that kind of growth? So being connected to the team is so important for so many of us. What are your top three uh, tips for doing that as you scale?
1: Yeah. As you said, I saw a lot as we grew from 40 to a thousand. So three key ways, and I think pretty much everyone can adopt these Uh, The first is random skip levels. Um, I encountered this kind of uh, randomly myself. Um, An engineer inside Etsy built a tool called Manager Mixer where you would get matched with a random manager in the company um, every week. And no one expected me to opt in as CEO, but I did. And over the course of a couple of years, I would say on average, I did like 40 to 45 skip levels. And I learned so much about how the company worked Totally. Um,
0: so all I, level, all levels.
1: All levels, and um, like minutes mostly managers. Hours? Thirty minutes. Um, some people were really excited to talk to me. Others were shaking. Um, Who would but, you,
0: be scared to talk to you, Chad?
1: I know, but uh, maybe it's because I like some of the data that I gathered actually, you know, made major decisions, you know, in aggregate. So wow. you know, reorgs, you know, how different uh, different teams were doing, and. Um, super, super helpful. And I think having the people who didn't opt in to talk to me and the people who maybe even at first were like a little afraid, it kind of corrected for the problem that you have in large companies when you have some people who speak pretty loudly and others who don't. That's great. All right. What's Uh, number two? Yeah. Number two is uh, to do an AMA, ask me anything session, all hands that is separate from your all hands meetings. Um, So I just started
0: open mic night
1: open mic. And I started doing that at Etsy because I felt like there were always things that we didn't get a chance to cover in the all-hands meetings. And when you frame the discussion, the all-hands meetings, and you do Q&A at the the end, a lot of times people want to ask questions about those things. So I found the AMA that was completely separate to be kind of like a pressure release valve. It allowed me to be a little less formal in what I was talking about. And uh, we did uh, an engagement survey after the first year of doing that. Um, there was no question about that particular, uh, weekly event, but in the verbatims, it was mentioned, you know, dozens of times.
0: That's great. Yeah. And presumably you like vary that up if you have multi locations and, uh, you're varying up time zones and where you physically are to get you in front of more people.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, it became kind of a tradition and people ask me hard questions and, you know. There was a time when, for example, uh, an announcement went out that Amazon was launching a direct competitor against Etsy, and I didn't want to call in all hands to talk about it because we weren't competitively worried, Um, but it was a good chance in that AMA to talk about it with the team and tell them why I wasn't worried.
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay, and what about number three?
1: Number three is participate in social channels. Um, you know, I think for a lot of CEOs, especially CEOs who are, you know, maybe not Gen Z millennial, the idea of doing emojis with backflips and smiles and everything in Slack uh, might seem a little kind of beneath the office. But I think, uh, especially with distributed teams, it's really important that CEOs participate where communication is happening. And so I think you can use that, um, you know, not just for, you know, strategic pronouncements, a lot of that will happen in different channels, but I think you can do that to, you know, wish people happy birthday or pass along piece of news or even just put a smile emoji, you know, next to something uh, interesting or insightful that someone said there.
0: Well, one thing I have learned over the years as a a servant leader or practice of servant leadership, practitioner of servant leadership is there is nothing beneath the office.
1: I totally agree.
0: All right. And on that note, thank you for being here. Uh, Will you come back and do one of the longer form ones uh, next time around?
1: Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Matt.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Bolster, the new way to find the right executives. We supercharge startup growth by matching CEOs with transformational executives, mentors, and board members without the hassle of traditional talent sourcing. Start searching for free at bolster.com.